0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for another Viva podcast. Today, we'll be discussing the benefits of using a bonding agent and cement system that simplifies the application protocol while producing consistently reliable anesthetic results. Our guest is Dr. Pam Maragliano-Muniz, the editor-in-chief of Inside Dental Hygiene and on the editorial advisory board for Aegis Dental Network. Dr. Moragliano Muniz is a faculty member at Tufts University School of Dental Medicine, maintains a private practice in Salem, Massachusetts, and by the way, was awarded the 2010 Adult Preventive Care Practice of the Year by the American Dental Association. Hats off to you for that, Dr. Pam. And Dr. Pam, Thank it's a, you. yeah, it's a pleasure to have you back.
1: The pleasure's mine. I'm thrilled to be back.
0: Yeah. So your other podcast did very well. It got lots of listens, and today we're going to be talking about a universal cement system Um, so what are the things a clinician should consider when selecting a cement for their practice?
1: I'm a practice owner. And so I think it's important to kind of narrow down the types of materials that you're using and also have a very distinct and deliberate understanding of the materials that you're using. You know, there's so many materials that fall under the umbrella of zirconia, different manufacturers, different makeups, different, um, yttria contents, Also, you know, whether you're using lithium disilicate based materials, indirect resins, gold, metal ceramic, there's so many different materials out there. And I think selecting compatible materials to as many of the materials that you're using in your practice really helps to reduce the amount of inventory you have to keep in your office and also minimizes cost.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It seems like there's a trend in dentistry for several years now to minimize inventory and just simplify things. I remember the days when they sold kits that had you know, 125 different shades and very complex kit where you had to figure out how to use the different shades and different types of composites. Today, everything is becoming universal shade, universal cement, not with every manufacturer, but it's certainly a trend. Do you see that trend happening as well?
1: I am seeing that trend. And to be honest, I really appreciate the industry for going in that direction. I can say that it's so frustrating to have a kit, if you will, and all of a sudden you run out of silane or something expires and then you, you know, you're buying something else and then you're piecemealing it and sometimes it's not drop for drop, for example, and you end up you know, just being off schedule with some of these things. And it can be frustrating, it can be costly, and honestly, I can't stand throwing away expired material. It's yeah. just a waste.
0: Yeah, it's like throwing away like really good food that you just never got to and it's spoiled and you wish. You oh, could.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: It's like cleaning out the refrigerator. Um, so what are the major differences between adhesive and self-adhesive cements? Our listeners would love to know that.
1: There's a major difference in the sense that a self-adhesive resin cement, this really is our categories specifically for resin cements as opposed to the other looting agents and cements out there. A self-adhesive resin cement has the etch, the bond, et cetera, built into the cement system. Whereas if you're doing a true adhesive system, you're going to have to use a separate adhesive with the cement.
0: Yeah, and as far as the long-term clinical results, reliability between the two, is there something? Here's can... the
1: thing, they're both reliable, but when it comes to indirect dentistry, there's so many other factors that come into play. Um, it's I think it's hard to say, oh, my cement failed and that's my only problem. If you have an ideal prep, ideal taper, and you know you really are very um, detailed as far as your preparation guidelines, your cement system should be something that seals the gap between the restoration and the tooth. And you're not so much depending on the strong adhesive bond from the material to the tooth. Um, the different onlays and the different prep designs nowadays are less and less retentive in mind and you are going to be depending more on a cement system. So when you need the most strong cement you can possibly get your hands on, an adhesive system is the way to go.
0: Again, this has been talked about on other podcasts and webinars on Viva Learning, where, you know, for many cases, the prep design provides enough retention. I, I think it's, what's the key number? Four millimeters, parallelism. Obviously, the tooth prep should be as parallel as possible. Um, and with four millimeters and that parallel prep design and a good ferrule effect, then a self-adhesive cement is adequate, correct? I mean, it should do the do the job quite well. And with all the conveniences it brings, then there's no reason to to go the other way with using the more traditional adhesive cement with all the different parts and labor that come along with it.
1: Absolutely. And I think that the other thing to consider is whether or not you can ideally isolate that preparation for cementation. If you have a really subgingival prep or the tissue's bleeding and there's just a big mess going on, any sort of resin-based system is probably not going to have the longevity that you're looking for. And if that's the case, you might even consider a glass ionomer-based system, depending on the type of restoration you're trying to cement in. So I think there's so many different factors, but I think from you know, a universal approach, you want to have one material that works, you know, one cement material that works with the most amount of um, restorative flexibility, then an, an adhesive cement system is the way to go. But you have to be, you know, very careful and you have to be very deliberate with your delivery system, especially when there's a bond in between the two.
0: So, what are the benefits of a universal cement system?
1: I think the biggest benefit of a universal cement system is that you have one cement for pretty much an unlimited amount of applications. Perfect example was my day yesterday. I worked on my mom and we completed her maxillary arch and she had a couple of porcelain fused to metal crowns, some lithium disilicate, a couple of veneers and an implant crown and you can imagine that I probably could have used four different cements for her maxillary arch. And it's nice to have one cement that would work with all of them.
0: When you're talking about a universal cement system, are there any disadvantages to it?
1: Not really. (laughs) I mean, I think when it comes to a universal cement system, um, there's really not many disadvantages. I think financially it's better off for your office um, so that you're not running out of you know you're not getting rid of expired material if you're not using it all the time i think um i think it has to be easy to use and the handling of the material has to be ideal cleanup has to be easy and simplified there's really not a downside with the universal cement system in my opinion especially when you're placing a lot of different type of restorations
0: so the universal cement system that we're talking about is that that's a resin based right Yes. Okay. Not a glass ionomer. So it's a resin-based system. And how else would you define a universal cement system versus a typical resin cement?
1: Well, there's a few differences. Um, a universal cement system is um, it's a cement that can be used to insert or bond or how, you know the whatever verbiage you use many different restorative materials to tooth structure, core, implant, etc. What's interesting about some universal systems is that they not only have a universal cement system, they also have a universal bond system, which is a lot different than many of the other materials out there that have a special bond for the tooth, a silane for the material, and then your cement system that you're using. So I think one of the most special characteristics of some materials nowadays are materials that are a universal cement system coupled with a universal bonding system.
0: So that's like a universal everything, right I mean a it's,
1: universal everything.
0: is it defined as a universal cement system, meaning it also has the adhesive capabilities?
1: Well, it has adhesive capabilities, but a univ- so a universal cement system, if we're going to put that in that specific box, is one cement for many restorative applications. However, depending on the system, it may not have a universal bonding system. Okay. where you might have this cement that could be used in various applications, say with zirconia, uh, lithium disilicate and metal ceramic, for example, and in, indirect resins. So you have a cement that could bond those materials to tooth. However, you might have a different bonding system or you have to use a separate bond for the tooth and a separate silane for the restoration and then use that universal cement system.
0: Okay, so Whereas- on your on your mom yesterday, you had all these different materials were you using a universal cement system that had the adhesive built into it?
1: I did not. I actually used the universal um, cement system that had a universal bonding system. And so I adhesively um, cemented those crowns in place.
0: It sounds like it's a very simplified approach compared to what we've used in the past. Not used for everything, but in the majority of cases we can rely on this particular type of uh, universal cement system, either the ones that have the adhesive in it or not.
1: Absolutely, you absolutely can. You can use them for um, pretty much any type of application, you know, provided that you can isolate the tooth properly. Um, also selecting the right shade, if it's an anterior aesthetic case, you know, you might have to have several cements in your armamentarium to make sure that you're not using the wrong shade cement with your restorative material. But, yeah, I mean, in essence, you can cement or loot or bond any type of restorative material to tooth structure.
0: And what products in your office um, do you use to streamline your protocol while achieving these aesthetic results?
1: Well, I can tell you yesterday I used the um, Estesem system from Tokiyama Dental. Um, I used their universal bond, their bonding agent called Universal Bond. That's a cool bonding agent. It's a two-bottle system where you drop Um, One bottle, uh, one drop of one, uh, bottle A and one drop of bottle B. You mix it up and it's a self-cure bonding agent. So you paint it onto the tooth, you gently air dry the area. And then once you don't see any bonding agent moving from the tooth, you use about a moderate amount of air and then you just go right to it. You don't have to light cure that system. And um, I could go on for days about light curing units because that's a whole nother podcast probably in and it of itself. But um, you think about deep preparations or core buildups after endo that might have, you know, a pretty significant dif- distance away from the tip of your curing unit. You know, this is a amazing addition to my toolbox because now I know that, my bonding agent is going to set properly and I can expect better chemistry between my bonding agent and tooth and my cement bonding agent and restoration.
0: So any conditioning on the tooth prior to using this product?
1: Yes, you can use either the selective etch technique or the total etch technique. So you clean the tooth. So, say, for example, we're trying in a, an all ceramic crown. So you'll remove the provisional, remove any excess um, cement or anything from the tooth do all of the steps that you would normally do for your try-in. Once you decide that your restoration fits properly and has the functional and aesthetic parameters that you're seeking, now it's time to bond this tooth in place. So the surface of the tooth should be cleaned, whether it's with pumice or um, air abrasion or um, just cleaning it with some alcohol, getting the tooth structure as clean as possible, then using either your selective or total etch system on the tooth structure rinse, dry, obviously not desiccate, and then mix a drop of bottle A, bottle B, mix them together, apply it to the tooth structure, give it a light amount of air until you don't see any bonding agent um, running off of the tooth, hit it with a moderate amount of air for a few seconds, and then you will actually apply, which this is cool, the same bonding agent to the inside of your crown And because it also has a stabilized silenating agent in that material as well. Hmm. And so you can use that on the inside of your crown and then cement as you normally would.
0: Then on top of that, you apply the cement.
1: Yes. So inside the crown, you'll do the same thing. Um, Drop from bottle A, drop from bottle B, give it a mix with a um, micro brush. Then just as you would apply silenating agent, you're going to apply it on all of the surfaces that are intended to um, be bonded to tooth structure, and then you treat it the same way that you would treat tooth structure. You apply the material, then you hit it with a little bit of air until you don't see it running anywhere, until it's thinned out, then hit it with a little bit uh, about a moderate amount of air, and then move forward with bonding the crown in place with your adhesive resin.
0: And what cement did you use with that case?
1: I used STSM too from Tokiama Dental. I, I, one thing I do feel pretty strongly about is if you're going to use an adhesive system, you should actually stick with that whole system, even though it is a universal bond. I mean, I like to, I'm using tokiyama's universal bond. I'll most likely stick with Estesem2 as opposed to other um, cement systems out there. I feel if you're going to stick with a system, even though technically you don't need to, I like to stay with the whole system because the chemistry was intended to be used together.
0: So it's universal, but it's ideally used with adhesive materials that are made by the same manufacturer?
1: I would think so, yes.
0: What do you think most of the dentists are doing out there right now um, with with those cases that already have pretty good retention just in the prep design and they don't have these really tapered preps? Are they using universal cements now with the adhesive built into it, or are they doing it like you're doing it, where they're using uh, a self-adhesive material, as the bonding agent and then coming back with the uh, universal cement?
1: You know, I think it just depends on what works well in your hands and what system you're comfortable with. I think that, especially with a lot of CAD-CAM dentistry, the preparations are becoming less and less retentive. And despite that, though, we have lots of preps that are conventional preps that, you know, look like preps and they're more ideal, and we might not have to depend on the strongest system out there but I think that we are all trying to streamline the amount of materials that we're keeping in our practices. So I think if you want a one and done kind of thing, um, as long as you can isolate the tooth properly and utilize an appropriate, system, you know, an appropriate sequence that you know, is not going to be contaminated, an adhesive system is probably the most universal because the self-adhesive system is not going to offer the same um, strength as an adhesive system and you need that for your non-retentive preps.
0: Right, right. Um, that's interesting. I know that some of the KOLs still talk about fourth generation systems as the, as the, as the one that they rely on for the cases where maybe isolation is not uh, optimized and maybe the retention is not as great as they'd like on the prep design. Is that something you still go to? Is that part of your inventory or, or you are 100% into the universal? products
1: um, well I mean so I think I mean I don't think I'm too far off by this if you talk to a lot of restorative dentists I'm thinking about the delivery of my crown at the time of preparation or veneers or any restoration for that matter um, I'm I mean you know how deep your margins are going to be if this is a you know a pretty clean straightforward case or if the carries are kind of deep and the patient's high risk so I'm deciding pretty much how I'm going to deliver this crown at the time of preparation. And so I do, you know, I think because I'm out there and I'm writing and I I get to try lots of products, I probably have a bigger arsenal of products than your average dentist. But yeah, I think having, you know, the smallest amount of products that will do, you know, all of the jobs is really the best way to go. So absolutely. If there's some preparations that I just, I know I'm not going to be able to isolate, then I'm going to be reaching for a dis- different system.
0: And I know Tokiyama makes a, a great selection of cements and adhesives, uh, among other products. I think they have a fantastic composite that I've heard about that is one shade. I don't know if you've used that, but it's uh, supposedly pretty cool.
1: Omnichroma. Yes. yes. Omnicroma. It's actually a very, very cool composite and I've been using it for a while now and, um, uh, I've had just amazing luck with it, and if you haven't tried it, and it's something you're interested in giving it a try, I mean, talk about not keeping a huge arsenal of products. You don't have to with this material. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's what Bob Lowe uses it. He's a pretty active speaker on Viva Learning, does a lot of webinars, talks a lot around the country and the world, and you're an international speaker, actually, pretty much now, aren't you? You speak I know a lot in the U.S., do you go out of the country to speak?
1: I have before. Yeah. Um, I'd say most of my lectures are in the U.S., but um, when invited, I will, I'll I'll. fly. Well, Absolutely. S- someone, might,
0: <laughs> someone might hear this podcast, and we, we have 50 countries, actually, that are, that are subscribing to this podcast program. Um, so what I was saying before I lost my tra- train of thought here was that, uh, yeah, he mentioned OmniChrome, and he, he started using it, and he loves it. Many KOLs are really starting to like this product.
1: I'm one of them. Um, I can tell you that I've been using it since before it launched as well. I was fortunate to get my hands on it. And it did launch in February at the Chicago Midwinter Meeting. Right. Um, it's amazing for a few different reasons. Um, you don't have to match teeth the way you used to. I mean, a posterior tooth, I don't even give it a thought. I reach for omni because I can and I know I'm going to get a predictable result. I actually, I wrote a blog actually for Tokiyama about this because I couldn't believe I actually did this. I mean, I'm a prosthodontist. I care so much about the outcomes of my anterior cases. And I had a patient with a failed composite on the facial of number seven, and I didn't even pick up a shade guide. I'm at the point where I trust this composite so much.
0: That's crazy. I didn't yeah. even
1: pick up a shade guide. I just <laughs> reached for it and it just blended right in. It's really, really cool. Um, another thing about it is I don't think people give enough um, nod to Omnichroma blocker. It's this um, compatible material that will block out any discolorations. Um, So say if you're replacing an amalgam restoration and the tooth structure is discolored and you'd like to have a pretty tooth colored outcome using Omnichroma blocker is great. But one way I think Omnichroma blocker is just groundbreaking is for our screw retained implant restorations. If you're, um, Closing a screw access hole on a metal ceramic implant crown—you know how it's always looking gray and dark. Well, I'll use blocker on the up to the uh, metal ceramic um, interface, and then I'll fill the rest with OmniChroma. You can barely even see the screw access hole. It's hmm.
0: beautiful. Thank you so much, Dr. Pam, and this is your second podcast, and hopefully, this will be listened to as much as your first one. We're doing pretty well, as I mentioned, we're in fifty countries. We have a ninety-one. 91- percent subscribe rate on iTunes. Hopefully we'll have you on again, Dr. Pam, and uh, thanks so much for your insight.
1: Thank you so much. I was happy to be on and congratulations on all your success. That's amazing.
0: Same to you. Thank you so much.